Before we get into this episode, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy listening to this show, please take a second to leave a review. It will help boost the show so that others struggling in a toxic workplace can find it. You can also go to my website, ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com, to send me a message, or if you have a story to share, send a submission request. Your story will be completely anonymous, and it will help thousands of listeners manage their own toxic work experience. I was working at my local hospital. I was working as registration, and I was going through nursing school. This is Sam. After graduating college, Sam was studying for the NCLEX RN exam to become a licensed registered nurse. He was hoping to find a full-time position as a pediatric nurse at one of his local hospitals in rural North Carolina. So when one of the hospitals had a recruitment night, he was excited to get a call back from one of the nurse managers in the pediatric unit. It was like a career fair, and I went to different managers. I was offered multiple jobs, but the nurse manager at the pediatric department, she kept pursuing me to come work for her. She basically was waiting for me to finish the NCLEX before I can just transfer over into the department. Uh, We had like a group interview and I walked the unit and I met like a few of the staff members on the unit. She had offered me the job after the interview. I was going to be working in the pediatric emergency room and the pediatric inpatient unit in the uh, NICU. So I was going to be working three different units. It's one of those specialty units, so it's like most nurses don't get the opportunity to get into that until later in their career. Sam thought that kicking off his career in pediatrics would be a dream scenario. The high demand for positions in pediatric units and the limited number of openings can make it difficult for new graduate nurses to secure a job in this specialized field. So Sam saw this as a huge opportunity. But little did he know that beneath the surface of this promising opportunity lurked a toxic environment marred by the harsh reality of bullying nurses and practitioners. My name's Carly, and this is Toxic Workplace, a podcast that gives a platform to those who have survived highly toxic work experiences, only to come out with newfound wisdom and a renewed sense of self. A toxic workplace is more than just the daily grind. It's a soul-crushing experience that will chip away at your sanity until you're about to lose your mind. It's an abusive relationship that's hard to leave. And the longer you stay, the more you lose sight of who you set out to be. The nurse manager kept emailing me, you know, she was desperate for staff. In the pediatric department, they don't really have a high turnover rate. But for some reason, she was always meeting staff. She was, like, rushing me to, to finish the inklet. She was like, oh, have you finished it yet? She would be reminding me every month, you know, when you finish it, let me know. Let me know if I can put you on the schedule. So that was some of the red flags because usually managers, they don't rush you to, you know, take the inklet. They'll let you finish it when you finish it. You have, like, six months after you graduate to finish it. When a hiring manager is hastily pushing you to join their department, it can sometimes signal a red flag of a toxic workplace. The urgency may indicate high turnover, suggesting that the department has difficulty retaining employees, possibly due to a hostile or unsupportive atmosphere, which is exactly the atmosphere this unit had. My first day on the unit, I was excited. So I walk in, I walk to the nurse's station, I see a few nurses sitting there, maybe four nurses there, just 
talking and gossiping about everyone, even the nurse manager talking bad about her on my first day. They didn't even acknowledge that I was there until about 15 minutes later. I was like, could someone please show me where the locker room is? That was like very like rude. And then the nurse that was showing me the locker room, she just had this like mean smirk on her face. Like you can tell that she was in a bad mood. And she was just really rude to me and just really dry. Even one of the nurses that was like during the um, like huddle, because we do huddles in the morning, she was telling everybody, oh, this is my last few days working here. And I was like, oh, Lord, everybody's leaving here. <laughs> That's what I was thinking back in my mind. She said I was the first new grad, so I didn't expect everyone to be welcoming towards me. I was the only black male working in the department. This is like in a country part of North Carolina. It's kind of like a rule. So you don't see a lot of black males. Like it's normal to not even see any black males throughout the hospital, unless they're working in housekeeping or dietary. But working inside, like the doctors and the nurses are usually Caucasian. I was like the first. I was with this one nurse. Her name was Susie. And she was super kind. She was super nice. But the whole time she was training me, she spent her time talking about everybody as well. Mostly about short staff. She was complaining there's never enough staff. And one of the units only had one nurse on there at night. So it was one nurse working a whole entire unit by themselves with no help. And they were just complaining about that because, like, that's not normal. In nursing, you usually have two or three nurses on a unit at all times. The hospital was trying to save money, so they had one nurse working this entire unit by themselves with no help. And this is a pediatric unit. You count the family as patients as well. So 10 could be 20 because you have a family as well. Being the sole nurse responsible for an entire unit without any support is physically demanding and mentally draining. It poses an overwhelming burden on the nurse, which quickly leads to exhaustion, burnout, and stress. Ultimately, it compromises the quality of the care provided. This cost-cutting measure by the hospital not only jeopardizes the well-being of the nurse, but also the well-being of the patients they care for. Sam was a fresh college graduate with only a few months of experience under his belt. He quickly realized that his fellow nurses were not trying to mentor or coach him through new scenarios and situations. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Once I finished orientation, which was about 12 weeks because I'm a new graduate nurse, I was left on my own. And this when the bullying and stuff started happening. I was very insecure because I was a new nurse. You know, at first it was like, okay, they really wasn't messing with me. And then one of the providers started giving me really bad attitude. Like everything I do, she'll be questioning me. She'll always be mean to me, making me feel like I didn't know what I was doing. I had another nurse who was there for 38 years. She made me explain to her why I wanted to work on the unit. She said, why would you want to work in a unit where there's only gossiping women? I was like, because I'm a nurse and I wanted to work for children. Basically, she was just kind of seemed like I didn't belong. She made me have to explain, like, why am I here? One time she was in front of the provider and she was just making me repeat medical terminology like only thing that like you'll have to be studying right there and there. She's like, how many heart rates a child has? What is the pulse rate of a child? And she was just make, trying to make me feel really belittled in front of the provider. You can tell when someone's coming from a lovely place. 
but she was just questioning me. She used to do that all the time. And she'll scream at me in the room in front of, you know, the patient or the family to make me feel like I don't know what I'm doing or make the family don't know what I'm doing. She would just be so hostile towards me. And I remember I asked the manager to put me with another nurse when I'm working because I couldn't work with her. I didn't feel comfortable even talking to her because everything everything you ask her, she give you attitude and she'll talk down to you like you was a child or something. This wasn't my first job in healthcare, so I'm used to the dynamics of healthcare. Before I used to work in a, like housekeeping in a CNA. So before I was not treated this way, but as soon as I got into nursing, like as a RN, registered nurse, that's when the craziness and the bullying started happening. And I literally worked my way up from the bottom to this, you know, to where I was at. So it's like, it's not like I was like given a silver spoon. I literally worked my way from housekeeping into being a certified nursing assistant to RN. So it was like, I did every stepping stone. The bullying and intimidation from the senior nurse were quite disheartening for Sam. Her behavior not only undermined his confidence, but also instantly destroyed any possibility of teamwork or mentorship, which was necessary for his learning and growth. Sam wanted to develop his skills and knowledge through this work experience, but no one was willing to give him a chance. Instead, he was being targeted and made out to be someone who couldn't do anything right. They were questioning me in front of the providers to make it seem like I didn't know what I was doing, which I didn't because I was brand new and nurses are supposed to work with other nurses. And a lot of times I was on my own and I felt afraid to ask questions. This was just going on and on. And then I had finally reached out to um, another coworker, and she was like, you need to stand up for yourself. And this one, everything backfired because one day I came in and two of the nurses, they're the best friends. They've been working there for years. They wanted to work together. They wanted to put me on the unit where there was only one nurse. And I spoke up for myself. I was like, uh, guys, this is my turn to work up front. I need, you know, I'm still a training nurse. I need to work with somebody else. And the other nurse basically said, you think you've been getting bullied? Wait till now. I'm going to really start bullying you. They made a big scene out of it. They called the nurse supervisor. The nurse supervisor automatically took their side. The nurse manager, I called her on the phone. She pretended like she was going to be on my side, and she ended up flipping on me the next day. I had to end up going to HR because I was like, hold up, guys. This is becoming too regular. You guys are really you know, harassing me on a daily basis. So I reached out to HR thinking I was going to get some help. And this is when the big issues really started. The HR representative called me and was like, I'm going to schedule an appointment with you, and we're going to meet with you and the manager. We met in the manager's office, and the HR representative was so mean to me. He was, like, questioning me, like, are you the one who started the argument between you and the other nurse? We have it on camera that you're the one who started the argument. I was like, on camera? She said, if I can look at the camera, I can see that you were pointing your finger at this nurse. I said, point my finger? I said, I was telling her that she's have to go up front, and I'm going to have to go up back. I said, I feel like this discrimination is becoming so much because this had been going on for months and months. And it was affecting my work because I was so stressed out. Being bullied and discriminated against made Sam feel isolated, anxious, and it crushed his self-esteem. The lack of support from HR, you know, the department that's supposed to be a watchdog for employee well-being, 
made Sam question whether he was the problem, which then exacerbated his feelings of helplessness and self-doubt. The lack of assistance from HR not only perpetuated the hostile work environment Sam was experiencing, but also sent a damaging message that the hospital did not prioritize the well-being or rights of its employees. To address this, the hospital should have had an anti-bullying policy and support mechanisms in place. This would have ensured that employees such as Sam facing these situations could receive the help they need so that they could regain their confidence and work in a healthy environment. Obviously, this hospital had nothing of the sort. Bullying and discrimination were both part of the work culture. There was one incident where I was given an enema to a young boy. He was like 10 years old. And like I said, they put me on a unit, which they usually put me there all the time, a unit where there's only one nurse and one doctor. So I was given an enema to this little boy. I asked for help because I say he's a little boy. I'm a male. I don't want to be like sticking anything up nobody's retinal without, you know, having someone there to watch me, you know, for safety reasons, you know, or whatever, you know, what people think. So I went up front to ask the other nurse that was working up front to come watch me. And she was like, just giving me attitude, giving, you know, the facial expressions, mad face. And she went over and told the doctor, oh, yeah, I have to help him because he's new. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm just like so overwhelmed, you know, and I have this side and I have to help him, too. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, basically overhearing people say stuff like that. Only a few nurses, I can count on my hand, that were friendly towards me. I would overhear nurses talking about me all the time, basically trying to, like, question my intelligence. I started questioning my intelligence. It was like, did I graduate from the same school as everyone else? Because it was just so many times where, like, I would walk in and I hear people talking about me. Oh, he forgot to do this. Oh, he didn't do this. Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, basically, like, those type of conversations, they had no respect for me. And also the manager was calling me into the office on a daily, like maybe mostly a daily basis, telling me I had a complaint on you. Someone said that you did this. Did you forget to do this? Oh, the nurse said you forgot to do this. The nurse said you wasn't helpful. There's multiple times on a daily basis that the manager would be calling me into the office. Basically, they were just trying to get rid of me after I had complained to HR about, you know, my whole situation with discrimination. That's when the managers start calling me into the office all the time. The nurse managers became hyper-focused on Sam's every move. They continued to scrutinize and document every detail of his work with the aim of building a case against him. This hyper-focus was a sort of retaliation used to intimidate and put excessive pressure on Sam because he was vocal about his mistreatment. It's common with this type of retaliation for managers to exaggerate or misconstrue minor mistakes or oversights, using them as evidence to discredit an employee's performance. The intention is to create a negative narrative around the employee, making it appear as if they are consistently failing to meet expectations, which is exactly what was happening to Sam. The pressure, stress, and anxiety of the situation pushed him to cut back on his hours. So maybe like a month or two later after the meeting with HR, I asked her if it was okay if I would came PRN. I went to my manager and I asked her, could she put me down as, uh, as needed? 
it was like my anxiety and my depression was getting so bad. That's when I start plotting my escape, <laughs> which I call my escape. I start applying for other jobs. I end up getting called to another emergency room. This one, I went into my next toxic workplace. It was in another rural part of North Carolina in the outskirts. Basically, I was having the same situations. Um, There's five this time. There was five of these nurse managers. When I first got there, there was one nurse working there because this was during a pandemic. And sometimes the unit would be like very low census at the time maybe without any patients. So the nurse that was with me at first, she at first she was being very like aggressive with me, you know, being very like stern with me, like, you know, just having an attitude. But then after a while, she started opening up to me, like being nice to me. And then come to find out it's because I was doing all the work and she would just be sitting there shopping. I wanted to stay under the radar so bad. I didn't say anything. I was just going in there. I would be taking nine patients at a time in the ER, which is a lot, you know, to take five. I was taking nine patients at a time, you know, doing IVs. And I was just wanted to be on her good side. And it, it was working. I was on her good side. And she was liking me everything. This one, the nurse managers would come out there in the hallway and would just give me like stern stares and stuff. Basically, it was just being mean to me over the smallest little things. It was like, I don't know where this stuff was coming from. One of the nurse managers, one day she came to me and she was like, I heard that you didn't like it here. I'll say, say what? I never said that. She's like, someone told me you said you didn't like it here. And I was like, I never said this. Where's this coming from? She would come out and just say weird little underbreath side comments to me. And it was never one of the nurses from the unit. It was the nurse managers that were just messing with me. They were like, they'll speak to one group of nurses. They would, they'll see me and won't speak to me, um, give me side eye. And I was only there for, you know, at this time for maybe only like two to three weeks. And they were already giving me attitude. And I was like, where is this coming from? I don't know, like if they contacted my nurse manager before and she told them what happened with me and her or something, because it's like, I didn't understand where this attitude was coming from. The stern stares and side eye glances that Sam was receiving made for an unwelcoming and uncomfortable atmosphere. He felt isolated and alone yet again, which completely hindered his integration into this hospital unit. When an employee perceives that they're being constantly judged by their team members, it often leads to heightened stress and anxiety, which paradoxically can result in more frequent mistakes and decreased performance. The fear of scrutiny can create a self-fulfilling prophecy, causing an employee to become overly self-conscious and second-guess their actions. It can hinder the ability to focus, make clear decisions, and ultimately leads to a decrease in overall job performance. And Sam's situation was no exception. Another issue that happened during my orientation at this new unit, one of the nurse managers came to me and said that I sent a lab specimen down to the lab with the wrong patient name. And during this time, I was in training under another nurse. So everything I was doing was being documented from that nurse. But she pulled me to the side and said that it was me. I didn't even have computer logins. So no way it could have been me that did it. The other nurse who was training me, she was like, why did she come talk to you? You're under me. 
it was just like those type of incidents regularly. It was like every other, you know, week I'm getting pulled into office. Every little thing would like knock me into a state of delusion. Like I was like panicking about everything. Once again, I was scared to come into work. I'm like, if there's something wrong with me, why am I always in the office? I'm seeing that I'm doing the same thing that all the other nurses are doing, but I'm going into the office and they're not. There was an occasion where I was working on my own and a provider physically pushing me out of the way of a patient room. Like someone's picking up a kid by my arms and pushed me to the side. And he said that he didn't push me. He said he would just move me out of the way because it was an emergency for the patient. And I was like, it wasn't an emergency. The patient just needed pain medication. And I give the medicine. You don't give any medicine. This is like when I reached out to the higher ups of this new uh, company, hoping for help. <laughs> I was like, this cannot be happening again. The things that I was going through, I was like, it felt like I was in a twilight zone. My emotions were literally on my sleeves. And I was like, is it something wrong with me? Am I really, is it, like, I start, like, questioning myself, am I just a bad nurse? Is there something wrong with me? Why everybody seems to have a problem with me? Because at work, I really don't even talk because I'm so shy. I try to make myself as small as possible. I literally won't even say much. Like, you won't even notice that I'm there. So I don't know if that's what's making me the target. The hostility from doctors and nurses had severe consequences for Sam, both personally and professionally. The detrimental effects were significant. The constant fear of hostile confrontation left Sam feeling helpless and vulnerable. Over a short amount of time, it affected his mental health, causing great anxiety and depression. It eroded his professional confidence and self-esteem. This, in turn, affected his job performance. A lot of things were going on at this time, a lot of like hate being spilled out on the news on a daily basis. A lot of people were watching the news regularly because of the COVID pandemic. There was a lot of division as well, because at this time, I heard a lot of people saying like under the breath racial slurs, and this when all the people were going against the police, like Blue Lives Matter and all this, so Black Lives Matter. And it was just like a lot of microaggressions, people saying stuff under their breath you'll just hear all kind of terminology. I'll be afraid of what I'm going to hear today. You know, what's going to, what's going to be the conversation of topics today, you know? And we all will sit in the nurse's station. So it's kind of hard to escape other people because you're all, you have to sit in the nurse's station to communicate with the doctor and other nurses. The workplace should be off limits to open discussions about politics. The political divide in the U.S. during the pandemic was compounded by racial tensions leading to a particularly intense environment. With this professional staff of the hospital being predominantly white, coupled with the open discussions against the BLM movement, Sam felt isolated and the racial slurs made him feel like the target. The other nurses already made it clear that they were not happy about working with Sam. So their comments about the movement felt more like an attack than a harmless discussion. I asked Sam if he had anyone at the hospital who he could talk to, or if he noticed other people of color being targeted. They would isolate the people of color. The ER is set up in pods. So there's one pot green, there's one pot yellow, one pot red. If there was another nurse of color, they would put that nurse on the other unit. They would not put them on the unit with me. It was always isolation. You would never see two nurses of color working together. 
but I was like, it would be nice to work with someone you know, I could talk to. Sam says he eventually spoke up to HR about the bullying and discrimination he was experiencing. She seemed to be receptive of his complaint at first, but that quickly dissipated. She was asking how things going, basically trying to be my friend at first. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you feel like you're being bullied and we're going to do an investigation and get everything taken care of. She called me back maybe three days later and saying, oh, yeah, we did an investigation and we see that we just need you guys to have a meeting to talk about it. We kind of don't see any issue here. We just feel like it's just we need to get accommodated to our facility and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah kind of situation. Basically, she was automatically on my nurse manager side saying there was not a problem. I was basically the problem. Having a meeting between a bully and their target as a means to resolve the problem can be counterproductive and potentially harmful for several reasons. First, the dynamics between a bully and their target are characterized by a significant power imbalance. The bully typically holds more power in the situation, and this power dynamic can make the target, in this case Sam, feel even more vulnerable during a meeting. In this setting, the person being targeted may be less likely to express their feelings and their concerns. Secondly, fear of retaliation can deter the target from speaking openly about their experiences. Simply just having Sam meet with the nurses who are bullying him reinforces the idea that the bullying discriminatory behavior is acceptable and that it can be resolved through conversation alone. This could give the bully, in this case the nurse, a false sense of authority and make them less likely to change their behavior. For Sam, this was all true. After placing his complaint and having a meeting with the nurse manager, things took a turn for the worse. The treatment got worse. One incident where they broke me up. This was right when I was suspended from this department. So I went in. Um, the ER is very busy. I was, you know, getting my linen and stuff changed. I went into my rooms. It's like nine, ten rooms. I come out of the room. The nurse manager was waiting for me. I thought she was going to, like, speak to me or something. She's like, come to my office. She's like, I got something for you. And she sit me down with the other partner. She said, we got a write-up for you. And I said, a write-up? And I said, for what? She's like, um, well, we saw that you gave the wrong patient information to the patient. That's so easy to do. There's so many patients coming in and out. And it wasn't even a big issue. Like, giving the wrong information. Like, I said it was the wrong medicine, but it was the wrong, like, discharge paperwork, just telling them, like, oh, this is what you do when you get home. Easy mistake. And that's when I had it. I told them, I'm leaving. I'm going home. I went over to the charge nurse, and I said, I'm leaving for today. This is too much. I can't focus. Went home that day. And I called the HR lady who was taking over my case. And I told her what happened. She was like, okay, well, I'm just going to um, let them know. And we're just going to suspend you to further investigations, but it's going to be paid. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I saw that I was on the schedule the next Sunday. The next Sunday, I went to work, went to my unit that I'm always scheduled. I went there. I was there for maybe two hours. The nurse supervisor of the hospital, she came out with um, public safety with the security guard of the hospital. 
and they just like, you don't supposed to be here today. And I was like, I don't supposed to be here today, but I'm on the schedule, which I was still on the schedule. She was like, yeah, we uh, was told that you don't supposed to be here today. I was like, well, on the schedule, you know, we had a computer system that showed you if you're on the schedule or not. You know, me being paranoid, I didn't want no, no call, no show. So I came to work. I was put into the manager's office once again, who gave me the write-up. The head nurse of the hospital came down, public safety came down, and they walked me out of the hospital like I was a criminal or something in front of my patients, in front of my patients. My other patients was looking like, what's going on? The head security guard walked me out, talking about they have to finish their investigation before I can work. And I was like, investigation? What investigation? I'm the one who asked for help. What did I'm being investigated about? They investigated me. The investigation lasted about two weeks, and I was panicking. I was reading everything online, talking about what is the investigation, what is the investigation. And it was just telling me, like, anytime there's an investigation, that means you're going to get fired. Two weeks later, I get a call from HR and the head nurse supervisor, the vice president of the nurses. Um, she told me they're going to let me go. Sam was humiliated in front of his patients and the hospital staff because of a scheduling error made by the hospital. It was unnecessary to call upon the head of security and the nurse director to escort him out of the building. It's not like they asked him to leave his shift and he refused or gave them a hard time. He wasn't acting out. He was working as he was scheduled to do. They could have simply asked him to clock out and go home, but instead they chose to make a scene. Being let go from his job was crushing for Sam. In addition, he felt demoralized by never receiving the validation that what he experienced was bullying and discrimination. He reached out to the EEOC in hopes that he would get the support he needed, but the representative from the EEOC was rude and dismissive. At this point, Sam felt hopeless and defeated. It affected my whole entire life. I started isolating myself. I lost my partner because I was so depressed. I lost friends behind it because of the stress that I was under. I was taking all my problems on everybody else. And it was like I lost so much behind it, you know. It affected my entire life. I start watching YouTube uh, videos of other nursing bullying stories. I had to go to the internet for information. You know, when I was getting my bachelor's degree in nursing, we had to do research papers on stuff like bullying and hostile work environments. And I started to learn that this has been going on for years. Nursing has a huge turnover rate, like almost 50% within the first year. Most hospitals, it costs them $3 million a year just to hire new nurses. So this has been going on for years. I've only been working as a travel nurse for the last two years. So I have gotten out of North Carolina. I still live in North Carolina, but I only go there, you know, for home. I can't really work in my city that often because my city, unfortunately, is very, like, racist which you won't believe, but it is when it comes to work environments is they really don't want people of color in their work environments. And if you go to the hospital, you will actually see that the hospitals don't reflect the population. We have everything here, but if you go to the hospitals, they're mostly all Caucasian. It's still very backwards. So I've been a little bit of everywhere. I was in Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Georgia, Charlottesville, Virginia, Dayton, Ohio. But no incidents like I had here. I've been a nurse for four years now, so my confidence is a lot better now. 
So I know, you know, when someone's belittling me or, you know, how to stand up for myself now. I just don't put up with a lot of stuff. Like I, I value self-care. So if the job is, you know, causing me so much stress, I will leave it. Never stay anywhere that you don't feel like you belong or somewhere that someone make you feel like you don't belong. Because there's a lot of other options, you know, you can always start over, you can always get a new job, but you cannot get back your mental health. Once that happened to me, like it changed my chemistry of my body, my mind, like I'd never be the same. Like I'm hyper vigilant and it changed my whole personality. So you have to, you know, put your mental health first before any amount of dollars, you know, there'll always be another way to make money or another way to, you know, get what you need, but don't stay in a toxic workplace. Sam's experience with bullying has left a lasting impact on him, leaving him forever changed. However, he's found happiness as a travel nurse, and the level of toxicity he experienced in those North Carolina hospitals has not reoccurred. Through this challenging period, he's emerged stronger and better prepared to face life's adversities. Overcoming the pain of bullying is a powerful testament to one's inner strength. The resilience and courage it takes to rise above such adversity can be the driving force behind personal growth. Remember, the scars may remain, but they're a testament to your ability to endure and evolve. Embrace your strength. It will carry you forward, paving the way for a brighter and more empowered future where you can inspire others to do the same. Next time on Toxic Workplace. It's like that's where the cult part of the crew comes in because, you know, I've talked to people who sold magazines on other crews outside of this guy and there wasn't that culty atmosphere like it was on ours. It was more of the labor trafficking, less cult, and ours was just like an equal mix of both because we did have the guy at the top that we all basically worshipped and his wife and our crew songs that we would sing in the back of the car to get motivated. A lot of them were about like... They would mention him or would be about how awesome he was and just crazy. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share on this show, please go to ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com and click on Be a Guest. Your story will be shared anonymously. All names are changed to protect the employee and the company.